Hey, what up, shitheads? We're back with another episode coming at you. Hopefully, out of this thing by May 1st, but probably not. And that's I okay, too. I highly doubt it. <laughs> Gavin Newsom came out and said there's no timeline for it, so well, I, I doubt it. I trust the Gaff man so far. Yeah, he, he's handling it great compared to... Georgia? All the... All these other, well, especially <laughs> Georgia, them fuckheads. But we're not about uh, politics here at Shit's Weird, bro. Yeah, I was really about to say something that could have divided listeners right Let's there. Let's not. Thank, thank you for uh, interrupting me. We we bring to you uh, tonight's episode the Black Knight satellite. What is the Black Knight satellite, Chris? Uh, it is up there oh, right now. It, it it's is a that. mysterious object circling the Earth of unknown and possibly alien origin. Not possibly. It is. It's extraterrestrial. Well, either way, it's up there right now, and it has been for 13,000 years, and its existence is being covered up whoa, by NASA. Whoa, whoa. Okay, okay, so we're getting <laughs> way too far. Let, Excuse me. Excuse me. Let's, let's start with let's what Let's put the, the episode shitheads... in five seconds. <laughs> let's start with what the shitheads love. And that's a timeline, Chris. Well, do you have a fucking timeline? I don't. You don't. I have gave no him one last fucking time. Yeah, you did, but you you're usually the timeline guy. Well, I'm not the fucking timeline guy right now. Well, fuck me. So okay, so uh, let's go back thirteen thousand years ago. Thirty when we were all alive, <laughs> and we all knew exactly what was happening. Um. So there's a bunch of space debris out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's whole a bunch space, of space station, and that's it. Oh, just and the, the stuff station. for like our cell phones. Oh no, there's space right? debris. There's a whole bunch of space debris. So there's six planets and some space debris. Six that does six planets. You're the one that's with the space <laughs> stuff, Kyle. Okay, whatever. So I said we're not political. The- God. Okay, that wasn't politics, but that's okay. Mm. So the Black Knight satellite, why Why is this thing, why is it interesting? Why are we even talking about this? We're talking, <laughs> You know, that's a good like, question, Kyle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it's got to be interesting for us to talk about it. So, so why are we talking about it? We're talking about the Black Knight satellite because it is possibly really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to start it it's so, been a long day so uh, according to uh monitoring agencies around the world the black knight satellite which makes it really interesting if, well first of all it's just this object out there it doesn't it doesn't i don't know if you've seen it it doesn't look like a satellite there's pictures it's of like it. a rectangle that's like black it looks and it looks like a chess piece almost it's like kind of yeah yeah, it's weird looking. It looks like it almost looks like a Maui, you know, those Easter Island Maui's, but like the backside of it just floating in space. You know the Easter <laughs> Island heads, you know? Yeah. That's kind of what it looks like just floating out there in space. Um that'd be really just, awesome if that's what it was. Yeah. And then we know that the Easter Island is extraterrestrial. But it's interesting um, because it spans like so so much time, right? Well, 13,000 years. I don't know where the fuck they got uh, that story from. So according to... From the internet. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, so this this 
this episode is going to start out really like with a with a super reputable source. So according to some UFO conspiracists, the cons- yeah conspiracists, the Black Knight satellite is an artificial sal- satellite of extra extraterrestrial origin, which has orbited the Earth for approximately thirteen thousand years. Thirteen thousand years seems just like a made up number to me. To be completely honest with you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the hell they got thirteen thousand years. Nor does it have offer any evidence showing, uh, showing that there's been thirteen thousand years worth of correspondence with this thing or uh, monitoring of it. You know, um, we'll just take that with a grain of salt. Um, but. According to monitoring agencies around the world, the Black Knight satellite has been transmitting radio signals for over 50 years. And that's where most of the conspiracy theories and things like that come into play. Because it's really... Like since since the 70s? uh, It says for over 50 years now. So Over 50 years could be like 13,000 up till 50 years from now? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it could definitely be Over 50 years. Somewhere in there. But we've been monitoring it for over 50 years. Right. So it, it was probably transmitting signals before then. It's just we didn't have the technologies in, to uh, to detect it at that time. Um, it's, it's one of those it, – it's just kind of – Okay, okay. Okay, I lied. I have a timeline. I just wasn't looking at my notes when you, when you put me on the fucking spot. Okay? Okay, I'm sorry. I have a timeline. So. Okay. So 13,000 years ago. No, it's not that far back. Oh, okay. But that's just carbon dating by the internet. Yeah, because yeah. they have they have spaceships right. that can go up there and take samples, like so, Armageddon. So you know. let's go back to uh, 1899. All right. Which is not exactly 13,000 years ago, but it feels like 13,000 years ago. Uh, to Nikola Tesla, it feels like 13,000 years ago. Yeah. So that year... Nikola Tesla, as you named earlier in the podcast. Oh, what? <laughs> you mean that wasn't a coincidence? No. He began oh. he, he began to record some very uh, odd signals seemingly from outer space. The accomplished uh, Tesla had a passion for wireless technology. He sure did. You know... <laughs> If, if, if you want to, if you want to learn more about that, you can listen to Tunguska Nicholas Oopsie on yep. our podcast. If yeah, it's our second. Was that was our second episode? Something like or that. Third. It was. It, it was, was one of the early episodes for sure. It's early, so if you listen to it, just take with a grain of salt. We really didn't know what we were doing at the time, so it might not be our best work, but it's out there. But it's, it's a good, good one. The content's you know. good. The quality. Yeah. Meh. We were still learning. So Tesla's in the early throes of his wireless transmission station, which is the Wardenclyffe Tower in, you know, we, in New York. If he wasn't if he wasn't murdered by the people that wanted all of his designs, we would have had JP Morgan. Yeah. And uh, uh Thomas Edison. Yeah. We would have had uh we would have had wireless energy that was free. But you know. Whatever. America. Well, while in his laboratory in Colorado Springs, he noted the unusual signals and speculated they had come from another planet. A claim greeted with disbelief, disbelief and skepticism. Disbelief. Kyle, I'll drink to that. 
cheers. What's what's your Tours. what's your slogan for mixtures? Mixtures. Mixtures. Real good. Real good. I got Jameson cold brew, and apparently it actually has a lot of cold brew in it because I had to shit out of nowhere. Well, a couple you know minutes what? ago, Jameson cold brew. The best part of waking up is cold brew in your cup. That's right. Copyright infringement. Sweet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whatever, she got stabbed by the Manson family. Who cares? So people continue to use Tesla's findings to bolster claims for the Black Knight satellite. They also took on board the work of a Norwegian engineer called Jorgen Hals, who found radio signals he transmitted were being echoed back to him a few seconds later. We know these now as long-delayed echoes, and Hals was actually the first person to observe them. Um, the fact that we don't have a confirmed explanation for their cause has been seized upon by conspiracy theorists, right? Of course. That's that's when speculation runs wild. Right, because we don't it's... have a reason. So people are just like, oh, you know, you need a reason yeah. for something. Otherwise, your mind just runs wild anyway. Well, don't you know everything has everything happens for a reason, Chris? Yeah. Don't you know that? So, in 1973, Duncan Lunin wrote an article in Spaceflight Magazine suggesting Duncan those... Lunin or Noonan? Lunin. L-U-N-A-N. Because we, we just talked about no, it in the last Noonan. episode. Gotcha. No. That fuckhead. Duncan Lunin wrote an gotcha. article in Spaceflight Magazine suggesting those studying long-delayed echoes and overlooked the possibility that they were sent by alien space probe. Oh, so it's, it's, uh, they think it's a, uh, like a fuck. What the fuck am I thinking? Well, obviously you said it, it's a probe, but it's like a, it's like a it's UAV, like a, right. an unmanned, an unmanned vehicle it's just like out a, there. kind of. It's like a, uh, a satellite, a spy satellite or something. Yeah. A recon satellite that right. you don't so, know that's out there. Lunin discovered that he, he went back to uh, the Norwegian scientists' uh, long-delayed uh, echoes data and analyzed it and discovered that it was a star chart pointing the way to Epsilon Bootis, a double star in the constellation of Boots. What? Uh, whatever the Black Knight was, it appeared to be transmitting an invitation from the people of Epsilon Bootis, an invitation that was 12,600 years old, according to Lunin's analysis, because the time it takes for the echo. Okay, so back. that's it. Okay, that makes sense how they can so take that's it 13, how they can figure it about 13,000 yeah. years. Yeah, just like. Everything that we see in the night sky, which I, I a lot of people don't know that everything you see in the night sky, we're actually looking into the past because we're not seeing stars as they are. Currently, we're seeing stars and planets as they were, however long light speed takes to get from where they're at. Right, because Mufasa tells us when we look at the stars, we see the past kings looking back at us. Exactly. Or the same thing as in uh, Black Panther when King uh, T'Chaka tells T'Challa the same thing essentially Wakanda forever yeah so Duncan Lunin still has faith in an extraterrestrial explanation for the recordings 
the quote the changes in the long distance echo patterns in apparent response to the changes in outgoing signals from earth really do look like the responses of a bracewell probe and there is no there's still no satisfactory natural explanation for the phenomenon lunin said if the long distance echoes were deliberately produced by a probe the problem is that they stop in 1975 so he goes on That's to say weird. that if a probe was monitoring Earth rather than trying to atta attract attention, perhaps it belatedly discovered that from 1973 to 1974, publicity that had, it gave away its presence. And so it pulled out in about 1975. Oh, and that, that's, that's the only explanation he sees for the departure. Well, it's it's still out there, ain't it? You're talking about departure of the radio signal? It's got to be out there because in the 80s, there yeah. was like a picture of it. Yeah. So uh, there's also uh, somebody in 19 – let me see. In 1957, Dr. Luis Corolles, I think that's how you say it, mm -hmm. of the communications ministry in Venezuela uh, photographed it while taking pictures of Sput uh, Sputnik 2 as it passed uh, Caracas. Uh in Venezuela. Um, in 1957, an unknown, quote, object uh, was seen shadowing the Sputnik 1 spacecraft. According to the reports, the unidentified object was in in its polar orbit. Well, so it was in polar orbit of, of the world. Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, it seemed as though the object, which is the Black Knight satellite now that we know, um, it seemed like it was uh, shadowing the Sputnik, kind of keeping tabs on it. But like, hey, these motherfuckers got a probe out. Like, what, what we got going on? Is it like the same thing that that we have going on? Mm -hmm. If it is indeed extraterrestrial, it seemed like it was uh, shadowing it. Um, in 1957, as well, the United States uh, nor Russia possessed the technology to maintain a spacecraft in polar orbit. So, at the time, the two two people that were in the space race together that also had the satellites and everything else right. that we were putting in, in orbit, they didn't have the technology that could push it through polar orbit because the magnetic fields are stronger. So it's more difficult to go through polar orbit than around the equator. Right. Um, also in 1957, um, oh wait, the polar orbits are often used in earth mapping Earth observation and capturing the Earth as time passes from one point and reconnaissance satellites. So basically now recon, recon satellites, go, right. they go in polar orbit because it's an easier way to get snapshot of everything. Uh, this would put the Black Knight in the category of an observation satellite to scientists. They would think it's it, – obviously it's in polar orbit, so it's there to either map out the landscape or uh, – basically like you said recon um so that's i think that's a big reason why people also think it's extraterrestrial other than the the radio frequency that they trace to a different system um it's also in a very specific orbit that is ideal for reconnaissance of a planet so it's just kind of all i don't know if it's coincidental but it all kind of like stacks on each other well. Let's back yeah. up three years. So in 1954, 
newspapers reported that an announcement from the U.S. Air Force that two satellites were found to be orbiting Earth at a time when no nation yet had the ability to launch a satellite. Two objects? Yeah. Uh, when we did the Lost Cosmonauts... Um, so that could have been one. Yeah, when we did the Lost Cosmonauts, they they shot, shot stuff into space without anybody's recollection right. beforehand. Like, they didn't report it or anything like that. So that definitely, like you said, could have been one. Um, I highly doubt it's both because of the way the satellite looks. I'm pretty sure it's fairly big, right. too. Well, also in 1954, UFO researcher Donald Kehoe told newspapers that uh, the United States Air Force had reported two satellites orbiting Earth had been detected, but at the time, no country had this technology to launch a satellite, but that hoe was also promoting a UFO book at the time. Uh, so I think so he just put that out in the news just to sell his fucking book. Just to have spark interest. Right. You know, I mean, it definitely, it, it also could have been truth, you know, because there, I don't know if it's truth, but it definitely could have been based on something that he saw, you know. I don't know. He has a lot of motive to say something like that when he's selling a book about UFOs. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of convenient. He's like, oh, here, they're out there. Here, we found two satellites. In any, that... in any event, yeah. we'll move up to 1960. So at this 1960. time, both the U.S. and the Soviet Union have hardware in orbit. But on February 11th of 1960, newspapers everywhere reported some alarming news that somebody else also had something in orbit. A radar screen designed by the U.S. Navy to detect enemy spy satellites had picked something up. It was described as a dark, tumbling object. It wasn't ours, and it wasn't the Soviets either. Um, The next day, the newspapers reported a bit more information. The object was orbiting at about 79 degrees off from the equator, not the 90 degrees of a proper polar orbit. Uh, its orbit was also highly eccentric. With uh, It had an apogee of one point, like 1,728 kilometers, but a perigee of only 216 kilometers. kilometers. You're, speaking, you're speaking French to me right now. Kilometers. No, I'm talking about the perigee and apogee, whatever the fuck that means. Does that well, mean left and right? Up and down. I'm sorry if if you don't understand. Okay. I'm sure the shitheads understand. (laughs) Anyway, the object made a complete orbit every 104.5 minutes. Son of a bitch. So pretty much like like every hour and 40 minutes, it made an orbit. It's really fucking fast. Yeah, that's moving. So, at the time, the Navy was uh, tracking one known casting from an old Discoverer launch, a half-shell a bit less than six meters long. Discoverer 8 had launched on November 20th, 1959, a stepping stone toward launching man into space and then recovering him in a parachute capsule. The launch went as planned, but its mission to eject its 136-kilogram capsule did not go so well. The capsule's castings uh, came off as planned, but the capsule itself went astray into orbit somewhere similar to that mystery object and was eventually declared lost. The Navy tracked one of the castings, which was then orbiting every 103 minutes, 
at 80 degrees with an apogee of, of 950 kilometers and a perigee of 187 kilometers, which is very similar to the mysterious object's um, trajectory. trajectory. But it wasn't exactly the same, but it was very similar. The only thing I... There's reports that are out there in in the 1960s around the same time that this is happening. Mm -hmm. um, there's reports out there that uh, the Black Knight satellite was located once again in polar orbit. Um, astronomers and scientists calculated the object's weight to be over 10 tons, which would at the time uh, be the heaviest artificial satellite to orbit our planet. So if what you're saying is true, and what I'm saying is completely incorrect because if that's just the uh, part that jettisoned off of, of this craft, it's, right. it's not going to be 10 tons, you know? Well, it, I mean, I don't think anybody actually really knows, but I mean, if you look at the pictures of what this is supposed to be, 10 tons doesn't look out of the realm of possibility. This thing right. is gigantic. So, if it's calculated to be 10 tons, it seems really unlikely to me that it's something that came off of a, a, a craft that was going into orbit. Right. There's that just jettisoned. Very few things can come off a craft that are 10 fucking tons. I don't think there's anything that comes off a craft. That go essentially unaccounted for. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, maybe the rocket boosters, but I don't think those are 10 tons. I mean, know? nothing falls off of it. You go, oh, well, I guess we lost that. Yeah, exactly. Everything, <laughs> like, <laughs> everything is. If a it's ten tons, it's pretty fucking important. Yeah, you're not just like, ah, oh well. It's like if we we're trying to fly to Mars and we just lose the whole uh, food section of the the spacecraft. Well, yeah, it's no yeah. big deal. Whatever. We'll just make uh, potatoes on Mars. No big deal. Like Mark Watney. Like, fuck so, there's another uh, sighting in 1963. Astronaut Gordon Cooper supposedly reported a UFO sighting during his 15th orbit in Mercury mm. 9 that was confirmed by tracking stations, but there's no evidence that this happened. Neither NASA's mission transcripts nor Cooper's personal copy show any such report being made during the orbit. It was witnessed on the radar screens by approximately 100 people at NASA's uh, tracking station near Perth, Australia. An official explanation given later was that Cooper's electronics malfunctioned and he breathed in too much CO2, which gave him hallucinations. Uh, a little convenient. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that seems a little like that. That seems like somebody wrote something down in their journal and didn't want to start date the fucking thing. And yeah. NASA's like, wait a second. We right. can't let this get out here type of thing. That's really what it feels like. Don't know if that's 100 percent positive. but That's what it feels like. But yeah, it's uh, I I don't know. That seems like a straight up cover up from NASA. They're like, no, nope, he just got high off of the CO two. Right. Our our systems weren't working. He was hallucinating. The next thing is the photo. Like by by way of explanation, astronaut Jerry Ross pointed out that the International Space Station was in the midst of being constructed when the when the photo was taken. The U.S. team, he said, was on its way to attach the American module to the one created by the Russians. And as part of that work, they had taken um, four pins, uh, four thermal covers with them. 
the task, task was to raise around the four bare pins, these being rods that are attached to the module to the shuttle while it's being transported. This would act to prevent heat loss from the exposed metal. Unfortunately, during one of the extravehicular activities, or EVAs, things went a little bit wrong. Spacewalk. Yeah, one of the covers came loose from its tether, causing it to float away with some other items. Um, and then they took a shitload of pictures of it. Sub- subsequently captured on camera, this black object was given the object number 025570 by NASA. And a few days later, the object fell from orbit and burned up. Far from being an extraterrestrial object, the black item floating in space was nothing more than a blanket. A blanket? That's uh, it. Well, a thermal blanket. A thermal yeah. blanket for a uh, one of their pins to attach to the space station. Yeah, but that doesn't seem nearly uh, as substantial as people theorize that this satellite is, you know? Well, former NASA space engineer James Oberg, who personally knows Ross and the person who took the photos, Sergey K- Krikalev, that's it, has gone to great lengths to show that these supposed images of the Black Knight have less fanciful origins. Oberg told All About Space magazine, "Every step of the way, there is consistency with what I learned as a lifelong spaceflight operations specialist." Why the blankets were needed, why one of them came loose, why it floated off the way they did. The difference is, for the general public, all these features are unearthly to folks who are only familiar with Earthside principles of heating, working motion, and dozens of never-before-encountered-in-history aspects of outer space. So basically, basically, normal people don't understand outer space. Basically, what he's saying is, yeah scientists on earth that aren't NASA scientists that aren't space flight scientists. Um, they see this object and from far away, it looks huge when in all actuality it's probably only a couple of centimeters thick, but it's, it's massive in, in like actual size, mm-hmm. like, like height by width because it's a thermal blanket to stop, uh, the craft from burning up in, in, uh, well, from losing heat really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from reentry. So, from the ground on the sat, uh, from uh, telescope pictures or uh, telescope frequencies. You know, telescopes are typically radio ra- waves rather than actually being uh, like the Hubble telescope is a radio telescope. It's not a visual telescope because they're much more effective. So on that, you can see a signature of something that looks gigantic because it's reflecting this the radio waves back because the the surface area is pretty big but they just don't know the actual three dimensions of right they're seeing this 2d picture of this thing yeah so yeah that that, we're just blowing holes in this whole thing being a being a a a ufo altogether yeah i don't know so i mean we can talk about it yeah all right, let's debunk this fucking thing. Okay. Well, I mean, we're already fucking doing it. All right. Nikola Tesla did indeed. We're going back to 1899 from the beginning. To oh, we go way, thing. way, way back. Tesla picked up uh, rhythmic radio signals in 1899, and he did believe they came from space. Today, 
we believe he was correct and that he picked up what he picked up were pulsars, which are giant deep space sources of pulsing radio signals that were formally discovered in 1968. Uh, as pulsars were unknown in Tesla's day, he did his best to explain what he thought they might be uh, intelligent but undeciphered signals. The Norwegian scientists did indeed receive LDE radio reflections, and their cause remains nearly as much mystery today as it did then. Today, we have five probable explanations, or um, any or all of which may be responsible for some LEDs, and they mostly pertain to strange effects in the Earth's ionosphere. They are yeah. among about 15 plausible explanations. None of these include orbiting alien satellites, although if an alien satellite elected to enter our orbit, record our transmissions, and transmit them back to us eight seconds later, it could very well have the same effect. But that doesn't mm. make any fucking sense. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's a fucking, like, three-year-old. Well, I... It's, is there anybody out there? Isn't there anybody out there? <laughs> it's tough too, just because, like you like you alluded to before, there's absolutely no space debris out there whatsoever. You no, know, none. Could, yeah, it couldn't just be a jumble of a bunch of old satellites or anything else that's put together. You know, now that you like, if you get the higher definition pictures of it, now that I'm looking at it. Um, it really just looks like it's it looks like a space uh, blanket yeah like well there's a there's a part of it that looks like there's like some type of porthole you know like where the where the window would be and then the rest of it just kind of looks like it's it sheared off of a of a crack if you let you know? your fucking imagination run wild you can make it look like anything go you sure can just because it's so vague looking you know it's just this my chair is a car there. If I look at it right. Well, I used to have one of those beds that was shaped like a car. Get the fuck out of here. You're hella cool. Your parents are so cool. Dude, I'm telling you, when I was a kid, you get one of those, and then you just get like one of those little fake playset steering wheels, and it's like you're you're driving the Monaco Grand Prix. You're like, skirt, skirt, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. Exactly. Night-night, right away. But the picture that we have of it is not very close. It's pretty far away, and you see the earth in the background, obviously. Um so it it could literally be anything it i it's fun to think that it's that it's a a probe from an extraterrestrial uh being or from a different planet uh but it's probably highly unlikely that that's a thing okay you know well duncan lunin i would love it he's duncan runin Duncan Lunin is the guy that said it came from a different, yep, uh, like, galaxy. So, yeah, he came from right? Boots or whatever it was. Something right, right. Boots. He did his translation of the LDE data in 1973, came up with the star map. Uh, he never had any thought of Black Knight or any other strange polar satellite. In fact, his interpretation was that the LDEs were coming from the Earth's L5 uh, Lagrangian point. L4 and L5 are two points along the moon's orbit, one 60 degrees ahead of it and the other 60 degrees behind, which are stable and where 
gravimetric effects from the earth and moon will hold an object in steady orbit moreover mm. lunin later acknowledged that his method gets caught was in like a title right yeah. but he later acknowledged that his method was not only unscientific but that he made outright errors and he retracted no. it so despite today's pop culture story there has never been any reasonable interpretation of anything connecting to epsilon buddhist to either a mysterious satellite or to a date of 12,600 years ago. So he was just playing wrong. Outright. He and he said it himself. He's like, yeah, I fucked up. But the most interesting part of the story is in 1960 when the Discoverer satellites were being launched, right? Okay, yeah. A secretary of the Air Force, Dudley Sharp, told newspapers that this new mystery object was probably the second uh, casing from Discover uh, 8, the twin uh. of the known piece they were already tracking. It was the right size and in about the right place. Uh, this was soon confirmed. Time Magazine even reported the identification. But since a mundane explanation is not as exciting as a mystery object, well, it was kind of like back page news. So you didn't well, Chris, even really cover it. Chris, I I don't know about you, but the sources that we look up and we get our research from are <laughs> far more reputable than Time Magazine. Or any government agency. Of course, because, you know, they just doctor everything. You know, Time Magazine is not reputable at all compared no, to the sources that no. we look at. Goddamn liberals. So I mean, we're not – we are not <laughs> political. We certainly aren't. We're not going to get into that because these are trying times. Certainly not. But let's look at the oranges. Certainly not. We need to look at the oranges of the Black Knight satellite. Or rather the oranges, the beginnings. The oranges. Well, they come from, it comes from 13,000 years ago. And it goes to Epsilon Boops. That's where it comes from. All right. Everybody knows that. Finishing up this timeline right now. 1992. A CIA program called Corona. Oh, shit. No relation, no relation. Oh, shit. <laughs> Please, people, do not inject yourself with Lysol or Clorox. I'm sorry we have to say this, but don't do it. Although, Please if you're going to do it, you probably just should. Yeah, at that point. If you're just... thinking about it, what value yeah. are you really holding here? Again, please do not inject yourself <laughs> with Clorox or Lysol. This has been a PSA from Shit's Weird Bro to all you shitheads out here who are but, injecting yourself with Lysol or bleach. Don't but do it. We won't stop you, however. Or as MJ says, stop. Get some Get help. Some help. In Fantastic. In 1992, a CIA program called corona was declassified and revealed that the discoverer rockets were not about launching guys into space at all but were actually carrying corona spy satellites oh the reason to use a polar orbit is that the craft eventually flies over every part of the earth and it's possible to photograph everything unlike conventional semi-equatorial orbits that only Equ cover equatorial equatorial orbits. There Thank you, go. Kyle. Yep. Fucker. You know, that I didn't can... make funny. I just helped you. So those semi-equatorial orbits uh, can only cover within a certain range of latitude. 
So back in those days, there was no such thing as transmitting digital images back to Earth. So film cameras had to be used, and the film had to be dropped back to Earth and be developed and then studied. The Corona KH-1 camera would deorbit, pop a parachute, and then the parachute would be captured mid-air by a JC recovery aircraft. So although the entire Discoverer program was a front, the launches and results reported in newspapers at the time were indeed correct according to what was later declassified. The Corona camera aboard Discoverer 8 was indeed lost and exactly as reported in this newspapers and its castings, its casings and the eccentric orbit was also correctly reported. Well, so we kind of figured out what it was. It's fucking dead in the water there. Yeah. That's it's it. Corona satellite. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the coronavirus I mean, came from. I got more. We can just beat a fucking dead horse with this one. Well, I mean, it's it, as... Okay, okay. So what did Gordon Cooper see from Mercury 9? That uh, was, he... it was corroborated by radar operators. What that picture was? No, what he saw in his 1954 flight. Uh, maybe he just didn't know what the hell it was. It could have been. Well, it according def- according to Cooper himself, who died in 2004, what he saw was nothing How at convenient. all. How convenient. We can't interview him now. Right, because he's yeah. dead. Yeah. On his deathbed, he said that he's Jesus. No. That, that... <laughs> Dude, I was drinking whiskey. I, what I got the Kyle mid drink. Oh, that hurt. Suck it, bro. Cold brew Jameson, straight to the nose. So, Gordon Cooper reported seeing many, many UFOs during his flight career. He remains adamant about a fleet of UFOs he saw flew overhead while he was stationed in Germany, though nobody else there reports having known anything about it. But Cooper is also adamant that the Mercury 9 UFO his supposed sighting of a greenish, greenish black night satellite in 1963 is a complete fabrication of UFO authors that never happened. He offered oh. all the transcripts, including his own originals, as proof that no such thing was reported during the flight. The story appears in virtually every UFO book about the black night case, but there is no record of any such thing from NASA from the radar station personnel, or from contemporary sources. It's an invention of modern UFO writers. See, this makes me sad. Because, as the shitheads know, I am the, uh, I am the, the resident UFO theorist. And I really want to believe that there's something out there. I you feel are, it would you be... Are our, you are of the duo, you are the Fox Mulder want to believe for sure yep see i want to believe and i feel i feel it's irresponsible for uh us as a race to believe that we are not irresponsible i believe it's selfish for us to believe as a race that we are the only beings in the entire universe there is something else out there there's life somewhere else that's such a fox molder thing to say well it's true like think about it the the universe is so expansive. It's 14 billion light years across. Well, for our, our, our visible universe. 
in that 14 billion light years, which is a crazy amount of distance, which we can't even comprehend. Um, I'm sure scientists can, but us lay people can't comprehend it. There has to be some other life form out there. But that's where the Fermi paradox comes into play, that if there was something sufficient enough to be intelligent, uh, intelligent enough, they would be out there in some form. They would they would create an android that goes and explores a planet. Then they would create two more androids from those ones and they would explore and they would just expand out to the whole universe. So the Fermi paradox says that if they're intelligent enough to be out there, they would be here already. Um, it's, it feels really, it doesn't feel good when you, you what if feel they like were already out there and we're the androids that that's the other side of the coin. Is there something else out there, but we are just the furthest along. But at that point that feels, that feels, that a little feels selfish, selfish as well. Yeah. That feels a little feels selfish. Kind of shitty. Yeah. That we're the smartest beings in the universe, which I highly doubt is, is a thing such a white male thing to say (laughs) that's exactly what it is you know that's that's the other side of the paradox like if if they haven't visited us yet then that only leads you to believe that we are the ones that are at the cutting edge of the fermi paradox that are going to be the ones that put the the explorers out there um so it's there's got to be something out there just because of how big it is and it's it's almost impossible for me to believe that life hasn't happened somewhere else just because of the problem is how big space is yes yeah because we we know what life's made out of uh, just because of us it's made out of five essential elements carbon oxygen nitrogen and there's two other that i can't remember off the top of my head those are the elements that make us up as humans. And if you take, uh, if you were to take a, a, a cup of space, if you take space and put it in a cup, like space juice, space juice, if you take space juice and analyze what's in space juice, it's the exact same five. It's the same elements. formula as Michael's secret stuff. Exactly. In space it's jam. the same formula as Michael's secret stuff. And Michael's secret stuff is space. So it's it's very Hence, hard for me. Space it's, jam. It's, it's very jam. hard for me to get your jam in the space jam. It's All very right. hard. It's hard for me to believe that the space jam hasn't become intelligent life somewhere else because it's the exact same stuff that makes all intelligent life up on this planet. Right. You know, that could that could be a selfish thing to say, but it's just too coincidental for it not to be true. Um well, when you drink the space juice, you put your hands up if you're feeling fine, because we're gonna take it into overtime. That's impressive. In the Space Jam. That's because I love Space Jam, and I don't remember the words. You don't remember the intro? No. Fire intro. Remember it when is. the the credits used to roll before the movie? The you and got you'd the have opening to sit credits, through yeah. it. Yeah. But that that Movies was are R. so Ke- much better now. That was R. Kelly at the beginning of the movie. That was the uh, I want to fly. Did he commit any crimes during that time? Yes. Did, yes. Was that did it start yep. already when that was going I, on? I, I think haven't watched already, all the seasons of uh, Surviving. I'm pretty sure he was already married to Aaliyah at that point. She was 14, by the way, and they doctored the. So I gotta the feel bad about memories I had when I was like eight. 
No, by no. I have to it, feel like I was made, contributing to some kind of monster. He made because I bought a VHS tape from Blockbuster. He made. Oh shit! Kyle, stop dropping! Don't. I can't see you. Kyle, did you fall over, buddy? You okay? Uh, yeah, am I there now? Yeah, you just have to join with video. Woo! Let me, let me pull that in. That was hey, a crazy one. Hey, that was a doozy, buddy. So, if you guys don't know what just happened, I knocked over my surface and it closed and then it shut the whole, the whole uh, chat out. And it came <laughs> right back. Because uh, my computer, it has a, a monitor up there and then when it closes, it just shuts all the way off like everybody else's laptops. Um, but... Um, we're talking R. Kelly. It doesn't discount the music that he made. He was, he's a great musician, but he's a fucking pervert and no doubt, no doubt. But it does, uh, it does make you listen to the lyrics different because a lot of his, a lot of his lyrics are very sexual and well, at least we know that his mind was telling him no, uh, but his body was for sure telling him yes. And he was telling him yes to 14 year olds, which is well, not his, good. his body was telling him that there was nothing wrong. Well, your body's wrong at that. Point. <laughs> you know? I'm a terrible person. Body's wrong at that point. And the same time that I dropped my laptop, I spilt all my whiskey. So super party. Fun. Dude. Yep. Spilt it all over myself. Anyways, we're talking about the black Knight satellite, not space jam, not R Kelly. Anyway, black Knight. Not- Black Knight Satellite, I can attribute to fucking space junk. Yeah. Just it really, random space so, junk. Like, it's a fucking... It's either a blanket or a rock asteroid. I don't know. So Well, there, there's two things that are out there. So, it, it was the either the space blanket, like... Uh, like... Uh, I forgot what the guy's name was on the other one. Um, the guy's like name on the other one. Yeah, there's nice. two theories. That, there's two theories that we're talking about. I'm worried about cleaning up the whiskey that's all over my fucking pants right now. Don't um, worry about your pants, Kyle. <laughs> worry about the shitheads. So it was it was either the the thermal blanket that came off the end of the uh, the space uh, the off of the satellite, or it was the craft that um, I for, see. I completely forgot names that the last guy talked about. So that, those, those are the two uh, theories that seem the most feasible. STS-88? Yeah. The Endeavor? That's the one yeah. that the uh, blanket fell off of. The other well, one the, was the um, Discoverer. So the Discoverer and the STA-88 or whatever the fuck it was, those are the two that seem the most feasible just because there's – as we've alluded to, that there's no space debris out there whatsoever. And for, <laughs> for something out there to be um, to just be floating in space and look mysterious is not ridiculously far-fetched. It's happened plenty of times before. It's um, space. That shit happens. Yeah. Space the, is weird, bro. The only thing that's weird is the odd uh, radio frequencies that this thing seems to be transmitting. But we already discussed that with pulsars 
and yeah. with um, echoes. It. I mean, that's. I mean, that's. It's tough. You know that that makes sense, but it doesn't make but, sense to. It doesn't make sense to the layman that, like me and you, that doesn't really we we're regurgitating these facts that we've read, and we know to be true because they're peer reviewed and all that. Right. But we don't know what the fuck that means. You know what I mean? Right. All actual, Just like they were saying that the the layman doesn't understand how shit works in space. Yeah. And I agree with that, but also it's a little condescending to me. Because you're talking down at me just because you've been to space. Like, fuck you. Yeah, it's... Number and, one. And that might be a reason why... Number two, di- aliens are real. <laughs> yeah. And that might that might be a reason why these theories come into play, just because people have their own egos and they're trying to uh, be like, well, no, this is ex- this is what it is. When it's like, uh, no, you really don't understand what's well, happening. That's what happens when ego takes over the id. The id. The id. You have the id and the ego. Oh. But we're not that's about it. psychology here. Shit's a weird, bro. Oh, well, sometimes we are. It all so, depends. Well, and when when we do talk about uh, Billy, <laughs> Billy Millie. Billy Millie. That was a good episode. That I was like a good that one. one. Go back and check it out. We watched Split and then we got on Split Personality Disorder. And uh I yeah, think I was taking an abnormal psych class at the time too. That was good. Oh, so you were able to give some a little bit of insight. Yeah. But uh yeah, it seems like the Black Knight is it's sexy and it's fun, just like uh if you go back and you know what? Now that I think about it, we are we're supposed to be our our podcast is about not really about conspiracy theories, but we talk a lot about conspiracy theories and weird happenings. But I think our podcast is more about debunking conspiracy theories than anything else because on the majority of our episodes, we are always like, yeah, this sounds fun, but it's bullshit. Right. Like You notice that? I would love that, but no. The only one that I believe in is the Philadelphia experiment. That shit actually happened. Well, fuck no, that shit didn't happen. Yeah, it did. No, we could it teleport, didn't. You dude. You can't teleport. You could teleport and you get stuck inside of a fucking wall. Dude, we could teleport. And that's what happened, and that's why people got fused with the whole of the ship. <laughs> how else do you get fused with the whole of the ship? I don't know. How, how else? That I have has no to idea. be the that has to be the weirdest one that we've discussed. How Those people, people had fused? to have fucking died, though. How did they get fused to the whole of the ship, Chris? You don't have the answers, Sway. Because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. we we It's time to end. Special thanks, yeah. special thanks to Brian Dunning of Skeptoid, uh, David Crooks, All About Space Magazine, and, as always... Wikipedia. Donate to Wikipedia. Donate. You, you look up shit on Wikipedia all the time. Give them a fucking dollar, okay? So they can keep doing their stuff. We don't use Wikipedia, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. We use reputable sources. What's more reputable than a collaborative community of scientists? Of people just, oh, scientists. It's all scientists that write on Wikipedia. That makes that's sense. Right. But that's where the fun comes from, right? That's right. That's right. So you heard it here first. Black Knight Satellite. It's a real thing. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs>